Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to yet another coronavirus episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me someplace soon, I hope. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else. Uh, let's not say not likely. You're not going to find anywhere else. Primarily, but not exclusively, involving the NBA, and that is here. And happy holidays, happy eve of the 2021 NBA season. I'll admit, it's a weird time for me. Not the holidays, uh, although not spending it with family in the usual way, doing all my shopping online. It is a little bit different. I'm sure it is for you. Hope you're safe. Hope you're getting a chance to spend some time with your loved ones somehow, some way. No, it's different uh, when it comes to the NBA season because we were about to kick it off. And usually at this time of year, by this time, I would have visited a a couple of teams. I would have seen any number of exhibition games live. I would have talked to a host of people in person, uh, not just in the usual scrums or in the locker room, but uh, outside in the hallways and before the game, on the court, etc. And that's where you really gather kind of a feel for teams. So this is going to be different in terms of not having a sense of the chemistry and the vibe around teams. And while the season is long and that vibe can ebb and uh, or or flow, uh, improve as the season goes on, it's important to have a sense at the very beginning. And I'll tell you what, I'm flying blind. But then we all are because even the teams themselves, uh, those executives and people that I've talked to, with their teams, they don't really know what they have because they haven't been able to practice full bore in the usual fashion. So this is what we're going to get to. Uh, I'm going to give you, because I always like to give, I'm not just going to give you my top eight teams that are going to make the playoffs in both conferences, but I'm going to give you the top nine teams. So I'm going to give you an extra team that is just on the outside looking in, as well as the two teams that I expect to meet in the finals and who ultimately 
I expect to win. All that in this podcast. But there's a number of other things that we have to get to. Dealing with the season and dealing with some of the things that have come up. Uh, primarily involving the Lakers, I will say. Uh, Jerry West's comments, the whole recruitment of Kawhi Leonard and whether something untoward happened there, what's going to happen as a result of that. Uh, The Lakers, just how good are they? And the Golden State Warriors, where do they fit in the picture? Where are they? All of that in this podcast. We will start with, let's start with the Warriors, because they're top of mind for me. Usually a team that I would have seen living in the Bay Area, I would have seen and spent some time around considerably uh, during the preseason, have not seen any of them, have not been around them. But I know their history, and I have been watching, obviously. And I know the arc of championship teams, even dynastic championship teams. And I'll tell you right now, I do not have the Golden State Warriors as one of my top nine teams in the Western Conference. I could see them finishing 10th, and with the play-in format, that does raise the possibility of them sneaking into the playoffs at the end of the year. But this idea, and I keep hearing it, this idea that the Warriors, with Steph back and Draymond back, and adding Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, the center and number two pick. Like, they're back. They're not back. They're not going to be back. This is one of the most important things that made the Warriors special and that people have never given credence to. There's a number of things. The first is the special chemistry that they had between Steph, Draymond, and Clay coming up, and the years that they didn't win, and the years that their hunger was built, and then adding the additional pieces to be able to get all the way there. And when I say they're not going to be back, they're not going to be back as title contenders. Those days are over. Part of it is That hunger has been sated. This idea that, oh, we want to go get one more. What do you you want to go get one more for? What are you going to accomplish by winning yet another ring? See, this is not the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs were never able to win back-to-back, so there was always that itch to scratch that they never quite managed to reach. The Warriors, for a long time, had all of that going for them. They had a group of guys that had been discounted. They had a group of guys that were looking to get paid. They were a group of guys that came together and said, we're going to be more than people think we are. And we're going to do it for a franchise that people have discounted along with us. We're going to put all that together. That was a huge driving force. And oh, by the way, we're going to just happily fall into a style that catches everybody off guard. We're going to reinvent the game and we're going to do it in a way that dovetails with the way the game is being called and the way the game is being played in terms of we're going to shoot threes like hell. We're going to play up and down, but they could also defend. Now, I'm not questioning the talent of a Kelly Oubre or an Andrew Wiggins. Those are 
inspired additions. Considering where the Warriors are, I think they did well in gathering talent. But it's not just about talent, and it's certainly not just about numbers on a stat sheet. It's about, do you know how to win? And are you willing to make the sacrifices necessary to win? Now, when I look at Kelly Oubre, and I look at Andrew Wiggins, I don't see guys who know how to win. I don't see guys who are willing to make the sacrifices necessary. And there was a time where I thought, you know what? Steph Curry and Draymond Green and the culture of the Warriors is so strong and so good that they can bring guys along. They will teach guys. They will get them to follow their lead. But we said that about D'Angelo Russell. We said that about Willie Cauley-Stein. And it didn't take. Let's be honest. It wasn't just injuries. It didn't take. They didn't transform themselves as players. And so... They might be willing, and Steph and Draymond may do their best to show them what winning is all about. But at this point in their respective careers, I've seen nothing in their personalities or the way they've conducted themselves to suggest that they're ready to take that next step. And it's a huge step because this is not what they had previously where they were centerpieces, and that's where the numbers come from, losing numbers but numbers. Now, they have to find a way to be efficient and to play off of Steph and to listen to Dre and do all of this without Klay Thompson setting the perfect example of exactly how you be a winning two-way player. I don't know that even if Klay was healthy and back, that I'd see them as title contenders, but I certainly don't see them now. And the truth of the matter is, if you listen and watch closely, the Warriors know that too. They're talking a good game. But uh, in one of their recent exhibition games, they decided to have this endless in-game interview with owner Joe Lacob. And he didn't talk with any of the bravado that were used to to hearing. Now, he was getting a tongue bath at the time from the broadcaster, so maybe he didn't need to. Maybe it was even embarrassing for him because it was hard, hard to listen to. I mean, it was one softball question after another. And obviously, the broadcasters, one essentially, they work for Joe. So in that regard, I get it. But have a little self-respect. There's a way to ask questions of your boss without making it sound like an inquisition or (laughs) accusing him of something or suggesting that he's not carrying the freight. There's there's a way to do it. That that did not happen. But Joe Lacob, this is the one thing I appreciate about him, is that he was talking about the play-in format and how that would be exciting for the fans. And then he said, somewhat nervously, that he hopes that the Warriors don't have to depend on it. Which is a dead giveaway that he's thinking they just might. Now, Lacob is many things, but I haven't known him to falsely advertise what his team is capable of doing. And he is very upfront about 
their vulnerabilities. And they are, look, they're vulnerable. If you look at the West, let's just run it down. And I'm going to give you the top, I'll give you the top nine. Lakers, and this is not in any particular order. Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Blazers, Suns, Pelicans, Grizzlies. That's eight teams right there. I haven't even mentioned the Rockets, who I, as of right now, have as the ninth team. Depending on what happens with James Harden. I am expecting that to be a meltdown and them having to sell him for pennies on the dollar and it not turning out well. That's I'm going worst case scenario with the Rockets. If they do make it in, what's the team that I have falling out? That's a tough one. I hate to say it. No, I can't. I can't go against the Grizzlies. It would have to be the Suns or the Pelicans. or And that's probably it. It's going to be a team... One of those teams that doesn't stay healthy. If, say, Chris Paul has a significant injury, then Suns are right back to where they've been. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in the 8-0 record in the bubble. But nonetheless, I just named nine teams. Nine teams, all of whom that I look on paper and I say they're hungrier and they have more proven talent. I'm not discounting what Steph is, without question, and what Draymond still could be. But that's two guys. That's two guys from their championship years. And the beauty of the Warriors, as I've said at the start, is, or was, their chemistry. Their chemistry and their depth and the way all those pieces fit together, combined with the history of the franchise and the hunger that they had. And when that started to tail off, when that wasn't quite enough, then they had the luck of the salary cap exploding, going the surplus of TV money coming in and being able to sign Kevin Durant outright. That was it. One of the best players in the league. You added to your equation. A guy who had everything to prove and fit positionally into what you wanted to do. It was perfect. Couldn't ask for more. They're a long way from that. James Wiseman, uh, they're talking about him being the next face of the franchise. The dude's played, what, three games in college? And that's it? Vast amount of talent. How many guys have we seen with a vast amount of talent that, oh, hey, where's he playing these days? I'm I'm not discounting what James Wiseman might be, but we have no idea what he could be, and we won't for at least a year or two. Head coach Steve Kerr said as much in, in this preseason. They and with the COVID, they haven't even seen him yet because he contracted COVID. So he's starting way behind the eight ball. The entire team's starting way behind the eight ball. And he's he's not even on the he's not even on the felt. He's not even on the pool table. All right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
So, we'll stay in the West before we go to the East. There is some drama in the East, but we'll get to it. The other drama is the audio of Jerry West, former Laker great, still one of the top five Lakers in my mind of all time because of his combined performance as a executive and as a player. I can tell you someone who has talked extensively to Jerry West over the years, the uh, the audio, if you haven't heard it, you can find it, Google it. Uh, audio of him speaking or leaving a message, voicemail for a guy named Johnny Wilkes, who apparently is a friend of Kawhi Leonard's family and his uncle, Dennis Robertson. And it was somebody who facilitated Kawhi Leonard joining the Clippers. And this audio is of Jerry West thanking Johnny for his help and inviting him to dinner. Now, the reason Johnny put this out there is because he says that Jerry West promised him two and a half million dollars if he delivered, (laughs) I can't help but laugh, if he helped deliver Kawhi Leonard. And I laugh because Jerry West is not someone who spends money uh, frivolously. He's He's not like that. And he also believes in his own powers of persuasion. Now, I have no doubt that he enlisted everyone possible to try to make this happen. Talked to everyone. Wanted to find out where they were. But offering or promising two and a half million dollars, not a chance in the world. And if you listen to the audio, it's... I don't think the audio did what Johnny intended it to do because all he's offering is to take Johnny out to dinner as a way of thanking him. If there was more stake, Jerry would say, let's have dinner and talk about you know what we need to talk about. Or there would have been some reference that they have some unfinished business. Even if Jerry didn't intend to give him any money, it would have, there would have, if there was a promise of something, then it would have been mentioned somehow, referenced somehow. There's absolutely no reference of it. So maybe there's another conversation, maybe there's another, but from this audio, if you're gonna release this audio, it does not make your case. The other thing that came out with that audio, obviously, is Jerry referring to the Lakers as a bleep show. No, I'm, I'm bleeping it because I have a clean designation on this podcast. And I'll actually throw it out to you guys. Please let me know in the comments or via social media if you don't want a clean designation. Like if you'd like to hear me drop some F-bombs or just kind of let it rip. I've noticed there are a number of podcasts out there, uh, Barstool in particular, that they just let it go. And... They're very popular. I see this kind of ah, unprofessional and a bit of a crutch, but you guys want to go there, I can go blue. I can. I'll, I'll wait for you to tell me that I should. Otherwise, I'm going to stick with it. So it's, it's clean, but you know it's a bleep show. Figure it out. That's what Jerry said of the Lakers. And everybody's like, oh, Jerry West, Laker great saying that about the Lakers, and the Lakers win a championship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, truth of the matter is, when he said it, it was very apropos. And it is the way Jerry talks. Jerry 
Jerry will run down a lot of people in private conversations. <laughs> he's, he's very diplomatic when he's in front of a live mic or a camera, but when you talk to him privately, he doesn't, there are no holds barred. He, he, will, he will let it roll. And the fact of the matter is, he's got something, he carries a grudge against the Lakers. The Lakers let him go, let him move on. Went to the Grizzlies, tried to make his case. The fact that he went back to LA and went to the Clippers. Lakers have never tried to pull him back into the fold. And considering his standing with them, I I get it. I get why they haven't. I get why they moved on. I also get why Jerry might be salty about all that. But nonetheless, just because the Lakers figured out figured it out, they got the the shutdown, they got the bubble, they end up winning a championship. Fact of the matter is, when Jerry said that about the Lakers, they were a bleep show. So let's slow down on this something untoward or, or outrageous that, that Jerry said. He honestly, he spoke the truth at the time. They were. This was not, not that long after Magic abruptly just hightailed it. And they had a group of young players that they alienated and then dealt to the Pelicans. Their coaching search was a bit of a mess. So what Jerry said, a lot of justification for saying at the time. He looks bad in retrospect because Lakers found a way to put it together. And as I said, things, the stars aligned and they got it done. But I don't see anything wrong with what he said when he said it. And I'm just here to tell you, perfectly in character for Jerry to drop that. Speaking of the Lakers and the Western Conference, I don't know how strongly I can put it, but however strongly I can, it will be a shock if the Los Angeles Lakers do not repeat as champions this year. They are not prohibitive favorites. They are outright, I don't see anybody who can knock them off favorites. Assuming, now obviously this is always assuming health, but the reason I didn't like them last year primarily is because they were so old and because Anthony Davis was completely unproven as a postseason player. Completely unproven. Don't give me his postseason numbers. The winning that the Pelicans did while he was there was off of the backs of other players leading the charge. He contributed, no doubt. But was he the leader? No. And by the way, there's two things that make me laugh already for this season. One, and I'm going to apologize on behalf of uh, all my media brethren, or whoever the media brethren were that, that raised this question, if indeed it came from the media. I don't know where it came from. I just want to apologize to all thinking, intelligent, astute basketball fans. The suggestion that Anthony Davis is better than Tim Duncan or already has proved that he is better than Tim Duncan. I just want to apologize that anybody even suggested that at this point, if ever. And I'm not going to, I'm just not going to get into why it's ridiculous because if you are listening to this podcast, you are no doubt an astute, intelligent 
insightful basketball fan. And I don't need to explain it to you. And for those who don't have it, it's actually, it's probably, I hate to say it, some of my media brethren who started watching basketball yesterday and are looking at analytics. Oh, look at Anthony Davis's numbers. Look at Tim Duncan's numbers. Anthony Davis has a championship. Okay, Tim has five championships. Uh, Anthony Davis, I don't know. I don't even know how you get there. Even with that, I don't know how you get there. But it's... It is, it is a bridge too far for me, and I'll leave it at that. Another thing that makes me laugh is Kevin Durant saying that for the season opener against the Golden State Warriors doesn't mean anything. It's just another game. <sighs> Come on, it means something. May not mean what everybody wants it to mean, but just don't bald-faced lie about it. It you play a former team, it always means something, and. Things did not end well. And you, he may be good with Steph and Dre and appreciate all they did for all of that. It didn't end well. It didn't end well. And so you're carrying a little something in there. You have to. You have to. So why? Why pretend? It may not mean everything, but it means something. That's the other thing that makes me laugh. But the Lakers... Make me laugh if the Lakers don't make it. For all of the reasons that I did not like them last year. I said age, Anthony Davis being unproven. They've changed all those things. And now, now it's a completely different dynamic. Uh, first of all, their, their number one nemesis, the Clippers, they're not there. And I don't see how they recover. And I look over in the East... And I don't see a team that has profoundly changed in order for me to believe that they can knock the Lakers off. Lakers, Lakers have gotten deeper, younger. Rajon Rondo will be missed. But beyond that, I really like where they are. And they still, like, they have as much motivation. It was, it was a championship in a bubble. And to win back-to-back -back for LeBron with the Lakers... I, that's that's motivation. That's motivation for that entire team. I, and you can tell. They can feel it. And they should. So I, I, I don't have no, I have zero reason to question them being able to put it together. I know there's a lot of new pieces. LeBron James has demonstrated time and time again, he can bring disparate pieces together. It's like a number of executives have said this to me. You may not like the way LeBron does things. And I think I've made it clear. There's just certain things that I think he does that are beneath him. But you can't argue with the results. You can't argue that he finds a way to bring teams together one way or the other. And he's got another task in front of him. But I have no doubt that he should be able to do this as well as he has. Now, Injury-wise, can he stay healthy? Anthony Davis, and we're not playing, you know, we're not playing to March and then taking three months off and then having a sprint to a championship. This is going to be a different dynamic, and they're going to be doing it on a short timeline. There, there are reasons where health and physical wellness could become factors, but we don't know that. And a number of teams are going to be facing that issue. So... Uh, as of right now, when I look at the dynamics, Los Angeles Lakers are the overwhelming favorite. I will be shocked 
if they do not come away with the next championship. I also expect that they are going to be facing in the finals the same team that they faced the last time around. And again, and that's the Miami Heat. Again, it's just a matter of they're young enough that I expect them to improve. I would hope that health would be on their side. Bam Adebayo not being there in the finals was a huge loss. Goran Dragic not being healthy. But they have some younger players that that are going to benefit greatly from the experience of the bubble. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn. They're still missing that one piece. I don't know, and that's why I thought that trying to make a deal for James Harden made sense. And they clearly discussed it through some potential deals out there for the Rockets to digest, and they didn't bite, and now they're moving on. I don't know if they're really moving on. I think they're putting it out there that they're moving on. But the Rockets, if they get desperate, I think that's a possibility that they revisit that. If Harden continues to make it clear that he doesn't want to be there and it starts to drag the team down and they don't have any better options, then the package that Miami can offer with a Kelly Olenek and a Kendrick Nunn and maybe Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, they can make something like that work. If it's, hey, we need you know multiple first-round picks, I don't know that they're going to find a place that James wants to go and has anything beyond first-round picks to offer where they can make a deal. I'd say that the Heat offer is pretty good as a restarter kit, but we shall see. As I said, I'm going to give you the top of the East as well, not just eight. I'm going to give you nine teams in no particular order, although I'll give you the first eight and then the ninth team. The first eight, the Bucks the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Nets, the Pacers, the Sixers, and the Hawks. I like the Hawks. I don't love the Hawks. And one of the big reasons is I don't know who the leader is. I know they've added a lot of veterans, but I don't know who the leader is. Most people would say, were you crazy? It's Trey Young. Trey Young's the leader. I want to see Trey Young lead a team with these kind of veterans because the dynamic does change. Again, we've seen any number of players who are really good on bad teams. Kevin Love immediately comes to mind. Guy who put up astounding numbers. Could he lead a team to the playoffs? Trey Young couldn't do that for all the numbers that he has. And now... He has to be able to synthesize his game with all of this other talent. Is he a good enough two-way player to do that? Is he a good enough uh, ball distributor, playmaker to be able to do that? Because they've got some scoring talent on that team now. And they've got some guys who can defend. And it takes a special personality and a special talent to be able to put all that together and make it work. Steph Curry learned how to do that. We're, we're really going to find out right now whether Trey Young is the next Steph. It's not a matter of shooting from unlimited range and 
you know, overcoming your lack of size or strength or speed. It's, can you lead a team? Can you organize a team? Can you make big plays and can you up your defensive responsibilities and contribution in order for your team to win and for all the players on the team to respect you because they're pretty good defenders. That's what we're going to see. The ninth team that I have are the Chicago Bulls. And I'd love to find a way to say that this marriage and the new regime and Billy Donovan and Zach Levine, like the the whole group, uh, Kobe White growing, uh, Wendell Carter hopefully staying healthy, that all of that is going to come together and it's going to result in a playoff spot. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think they will be in the hunt, which in the East, you don't even have to be 500 to be in the hunt. And that's going to be the real question. Do the first eight separate themselves? Are the Hawks good enough to separate themselves? We shall see. I don't have Brooklyn coming out on top. I know that KD has looked fantastic. I know that they're singing Kumbaya in terms of Kyrie and his newfound respect for Steve Nash. There's just way too many unknowns with that team at this point in terms of how everything's going to fit together. Are they a playoff team? Sure. They have too much talent not to be. Can they defend? Can they score efficiently? Uh, Can they go through the bumps that every team goes through? What's their team chemistry going to be like? That we don't know. And we do have some history with Kyrie in the last couple years that he hasn't been a plus when it comes to that. When the bumps, sometimes you think he's out there in the middle of the night and he's putting the speed bumps out there. So we'll see. We'll see whether they have the dynamic that uh, that works. I know there's been a lot of positives said about Russ Westbrook in Washington and how he's leading, and and Russ will do that. But is it enough for the Wizards to break into the playoff picture? At this stage of Russ's career, Mr. Triple-Double, I know he did it in OKC, and the East, the bottom of the East is softer. I don't know if Russ is still that same, that same player. And he does have a Bradley Beal next to him. Is he going to be able to synthesize his talent with Bradley Beal? Again, at this stage, coming into this situation. Because let's not forget, OKC, when Russ and KD were there, they had a lot of other quality talent. And when Russ was getting his triple doubles, he still had some really savvy veterans around him. I don't know that Washington has quite enough for him to replicate what he did in OKC. But we shall see because the season is here. And I, for one, am, if my excitement is muted, it's only because, as I said, not being there, not going to games, not being in the locker room, not seeing people and talking to people. For me, in being able to provide you real insight, that is invaluable for me. I spend time on the phone, but there's so much that you just see and observe, and then you ask questions, and then you find out the kind of stuff, the kind of insight that I think you've come to expect 
from me. And I always want to, I want to provide the truth as I know it, not what my, I look, I certainly am. I don't believe that there's anybody's purely objective. I'm subjective. I like certain styles. I like guys who approach the game a certain way. I do have a bias when it comes to that. And if you want to call me old school, uh, call me old school. But I believe, just like in keeping a clean designation, I believe there's a level of professionalism that is necessary to do it right. I've never been big on awards or platitudes or any of that. I rarely, uh, you know, I really submit for, uh, for writing awards or any of that. I just... I don't believe that's what it's about. I think you do it to the best of your ability and then you let the reader, the viewer, the listener decide whether you're giving them the real and quality. And that's what I want to continue to do for you. So trust me on this. The second I can start getting out there and getting as much firsthand information and knowledge for you, I will. And in the meantime, I'll be on the phones (laughs) I'll be watching, I'll be doing my own synthesis. I know I've used that word a lot in this podcast. Word for the podcast, synthesis. Uh, I will be doing that in order to give you as much as I can that's unique and different and expands your view of the game. All right, that does it for this episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. Look, we are only a couple of ratings shy of the 200 mark. I'm trying to get there. So, and then of course we'll go for 250 and then 300. But as of right now, just trying to get to 200. So if you would do me a favor, I don't care what you rate the show. I mean, be honest. If you think it sucks, you know, (laughs) give us that, whatever. Give Give us one star. If you think it's good, great, whatever. Just trying to get to, that's personal, personal goal of mine. Let's put it that way. 200 ratings. We need a few. Help if you can. In the meantime, as always, happy holidays and thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.